Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host tonight, John Harris. Wait a second. Tuesday equals Mark Vandermeer. Typically, but not tonight. Mark is out of the country, not out of the country. He's out of the state. He's somewhere, but he's not here. He's out of the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, that's for sure. That is correct. And that voice you hear is my good friend, D.P. Sitter. Hey, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Everyone might as well get their vacation in now. You've got yep. two more weeks. Uh, countdown to West Virginia has begun. We'll be leaving two weeks from tomorrow. Oh, man. Tomorrow. We'll be packing, well, Johnny. Packing for two weeks. Technically, not to be – well, actually, guy – I'm actually leaving on. I'm leaving on Tuesday. I'm leaving a day oh, ahead so of time. It's it's two weeks to today. Get up there. So it's you. two weeks to the day, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Last year was. I I mean, I was really excited because it was all new, and some people had been up there to training camp. Mark had been up there. Jay had been up there. A few others had been up there, and they were trying to tell us what it was all about. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I'll just see when I get up there. And then once we got up there, I was like, holy smokes, this is beautiful. Of course, three and a half weeks later, it was like, I want to get back home to Houston. <laughs> but you know. I hit that point uh, earlier than you, but I heard that song, uh, that West Virginia song, and I remember somebody playing it on the bus when John we arrived. Denver. John Denver. And I heard it like a month ago, and I just, I, I almost broke out in a cold sweat. Like, no, 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 yeah. no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for West Virginia yet. <laughs> it's too soon. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was, it's, well, it's only going to be a couple weeks. Only a so couple weeks. We will have plenty to talk about as it pertains to training camp. And we'll we'll talk about training camp. In fact, the last segment of the show, give me an update. The 90-man roster is, well, it's pretty much set right now, seemingly. But tomorrow could change that. And I'll explain why later in the show of Drew Dordion for something I think you're actually going to love that came out of our In the Lab podcast uh, that you will hear uh, where you can get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, uh, tune in wherever you get your podcast. You can hear this one. It's a fun one. So we'll have a snippet from that podcast that I think you really enjoy, and you want to get on Twitter for that. But DB and I figured, you know what, let's, let's have some fun to start the show. I like, some, I like some back and forth, and I always like to know how people think. And I like the history, obviously, of the Texans, and the history has grown from 2002. Now, it doesn't include a championship, and hopefully it will sometime soon. But I got to think, and I saw, I saw Swingers was on the other day. And when I think of Swingers, I think of NHL 94. I think of NHL 94, obviously I'm thinking about hockey. And I thought, you know, we do a lot of different lists and talk about different things. And I thought, you know, in hockey, they have this thing called three stars. They always, at the end of a game, if you win, they bring out the three stars of the game. And, you know, the first star, you know, three star, two star, one star guy, whatever. And I was like, you know, why not combine the two in a way that we can talk about certain things that have happened with this organization over the years. And so I was like, all right, let's call this three stars. I like it. And so what we're going to do is you have three that you're going to pick from the four categories. And we'll go, and I've got, I've got three, so we'll match and see how close we get. Our first category is, give me your three stars for the most impressive season by a Texans player in Texans history. Oh, by a Texans player. Uh, you hmm. came up, okay. I actually was thinking, because you, you oh, by- sent me the topics. Most impressive season in Texas. Okay, let's I, go with that. I, thought, I thought it was going to be most impressive season. Okay, give me your seasons. Like offense, defense. Okay. We can switch like that? Yeah, you can switch it. Because I was like, yeah. I'll come up with something else. Yeah, switch it like that. All right, let's switch it. Um, I would say number one, the 2012 offense. Okay, yeah, very That's good. the last season that I watched as a fan, not in the press box. Right, right. So I really got to enjoy that season. Yes, good one. 416 points, most in franchise history. 
19 rushing touchdowns, 22 passing touchdowns, five kicks returns for a t- return for a touchdown. Wait a second. Wait, hold on. That was there a lot were of points. five kicks returned for a five. touchdown? Five. Holy smokes. Yeah. So it was uh, – and there were a lot of exciting, high-powered mm-hmm. games. Matt Schaub comes back yep. uh, from the from the foot injury, the Denver game. Oh, he that was, was one of he was, he was he, he was dealing. he looked like a completely renewed rejuvenated that was, player. Wow! The back to back overtime games yep. in November, ten quarters in five days. Uh, it was a fun season to watch. Yeah, very much. Okay, go next. Number ne- next, I would say my second season with the team, the 2014 defense, just because okay. we go from uh, two and fourteen right to nine and seven. Romeo, Romeo Cornell comes in, and we had all these injuries at quarterback. And if you don't remember, 2014 was Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, Case Keenum, because mm-hmm. sometimes the quarterback years start to run together, especially with the Ryans. Yep. Uh, but that defense played out of its mind. Right. 34 turnovers. That's the key. Franchise best. And then J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt, the season that he had that year made it – you almost – Usually you, you can't wait till your offense gets on the field. Right. You know, a lot of fans will go to the bathroom when the defense is on the field. But yep. I felt like that season was the reverse. Yep. Like the defense is on the field. You're not going anywhere. Right. Because J.J. Watt had five TDs, although the only three were on defense. He still had two on offense. He had six takeaways, 20 and a half sacks, the safety, 50 quarterback hits, 29 TFLs. And I remember the year before he had this 2020 thing that he was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. – and he didn't yeah. reach it. And then he quietly did it in 2014. Yeah. Maybe not so quietly, but he didn't set any goals for himself. After signing the massive contract, after signing one of the biggest contracts for a defensive player, not one person said anything about that contract. Nobody said not too much money. One. Nobody said not why did we do it. No. I won. All right, your third star. All right, third star, the 2016 defense. First in the NFL for the first time in franchise history. Gave up a league low of just 301.3 total net yards per game. That was a fun season to watch. We had a little bit of Jadevian Clowney. We had a little bit of J.J. Watt. A lot of Whitney Merciless. Um, and and I'm biased, obviously, towards the seasons where I was actually covering the team. Because then you you, you know the ins and outs and, and... and all the stats throughout the year. So that that's my third. Story. I would say I would say 2011 defense. Oh was, yeah, that that would that, that's definitely my there three too. stars would be 2011 defense. Big turnaround. The 2016 defense would definitely be there, and the 2010 offense. Oh my! God. The 2010 offense actually, and, tw- and, and 2009 and 2010. Unbelievable. Those numbers are—they're incredible like people, to think about. People may may or may not remember the individual games just because the win-loss record at the end wasn't what you wanted Nine, it to seven, be. Eight, eight, something like that. But you know what? Oh. Th- those were some fun games to watch. They but the, put some up heartbreaking losses though in 2010. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Now, if we did it for individuals, these were the ones I came. Oh, up go with. ahead. Here are the ones that I came up with for individuals: 2010, Arian Foster; mm. 2015, Hopkins. 111 catches, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns. I chose that over last year. 2014 Watt, which you just mentioned, which is out of this world, and 2008 Andre Johnson. And not 2017 Deshaun Watson? Do you need like Oh, he was on my list. He was I had honorable five. mention? I, he, yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was my fifth guy. Okay. So if we're doing three stars, I, I would have had to bump. But only it's for six half games. smaller sample size, though. Yeah, yeah so those, those would be the ones. All right, here we go. Number Category number two. Best rookie performance, your three stars, go. All right, I'm going to go Deshaun Watson, 2017. Okay, Still yep. sm- small sample size, but I think yep. that just that few-game stretch 
got everyone so excited Seven for Deshaun Watson. Years. The whole country is excited yeah. for Deshaun Watson. Yep. So, I mean, in such a concentrated amount of time and starting on a short week, week yep. two against Cincinnati, I mean, he didn't have any time to just ease into his role as a starter. Right. I mean, he was in it, and then, you know, he delivered. He yep. delivered week after week. Uh, number two best rookie performance, J.J. Watt, 2011. Yep. I have a funny story I about I have the same two, yeah. I, ha- I have a funny story because in 2011, I remember somehow one of my, my friends uh, w- who was working for the team at the time got a pass to the sideline before the game. He wasn't using it, so he said, why don't you take you? And, and I took my oldest son down on the sideline before the game. I'd never been on the sideline of a Texans mm-hmm. game before. And everybody was clamoring around for autographs. Mario Williams comes out, yeah. and I mean, there was huge crowd of people around him. Yeah. Huge crowd of people. You couldn't even see him. And, you know, my son, he was like, Mom, that's that's like a lot of people. Right. And and we look over, and I said, hey, that's uh, that's the rookie that we drafted in the first round, that that J.J. Watt from Wisconsin. <laughs> no one's talking to him. He was talking to this lovely couple who I found out later were his neighbors, oh, wherever, yeah. in Pearland, wherever yeah, he lived wherever at the time. Was, yeah. And so he just invited them to the game, and they were just talking to him. And so my son went up to him and said, um, Mr. Watt, can I have your autograph? And he autographed his yeah. – he was wearing a baseball hat. And so we still have that hat to this day. Oh, man. From J.J. Rookie Have you ever mentioned that to J.J.? I have not mentioned it to J.J. I wonder if that, that's funny. That's funny. He's like, uh, I've signed a bazillion autographs <laughs> now, so I don't remember that yeah, one from bleed, 2011. They'll bleed together. All right, third star. <laughs> uh, third star, best rookie performance, DeAndre Hopkins, 2013. Uh, 52 receptions, 804 yards, second among all uh, rookies that played for the Texans. But I think that game-winning touchdown in overtime in Week Two yeah. was just outstanding. Yeah, before it was things... also the it was also the last win of the year that we got to enjoy. Yeah, before, but before things went sideways, but we did enjoy it. Oh boy, that was, that was a fun game. Was... The other one, oh, I have another one actually. All right, because it's kind of like my fourth place, Andre Johnson, 2003. Okay, I I had those. I had two others. That I would put on there, D'Amico Ryan's. Oh yeah, good in one. 2006, uh, with had an interception. He had three and a half sacks. Had 125 total tackles for a rookie. I mean, he was he was outstanding. In fact, he had seven pass breakups as well. He did not make the Pro Bowl that year, but he ended up making the Pro Bowl the very next year. The other one, I can guess what the next one's going to be. Then Dante Robinson. Nope, wasn't going to guess that. Six interceptions in his rookie year, forced three fumbles, had 73 tackles. He never got to that level again. Like, he was fantastic that particular year. And then after that, he didn't really reach that level. But six interceptions and three forced fumbles in that first year in 2004. Those would be the other two that I would definitely throw in that mix. I thought you were going to throw in Brian Cushing in there as well. That's He could be an honorable mention for that, sure. That's one. Danico Ryan's that's got me thinking miss. about Cush, that. Cush yeah. was excellent in 2009. 2009, wow. Four interceptions, four sacks, 86 tackles. Made the Pro Bowl, man. Cush would, defensive rookie eesh, of the year. Boy, it'd be yeah. tough. It, I mean, it would be tough. I I had Watson. I had my, my five. I came up with Cushing would be the one I didn't. Watson seventeen, D'Amico in 06, 04, Robinson, Watt, and then Andre Johnson. All right, next category: three stars for best win. Go best win had to be the first win in Indy. Yep, December twentieth. Oh. 2015. Gotcha. I was okay. so happy for one Mr. Mark Vandermeer, yeah. who is just so nervous every time we go to Indianapolis. And for those of you that don't know, I'm from Indianapolis. I was born and raised in Indianapolis. Yep. And every time we go to Indy for the game and for the combine, Mark says he hates that city like poison, <laughs> which makes me very sad. 
No one should have that much hatred toward, right. towards a city. I know you don't like the team, but he just hated the entire city because of it. And I said, yep. you know, take the Colts out of it. It's 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 actually a nice place to live. So uh, I was very happy when the Texans won that game, and it just felt so historic and so special because every year we build up to that game and something goes awry, right. and that was the year that it didn't. So Jalen Strong had the big touchdown from Brandon Whedon. Um, that was that. That's got to be number one. That's good. The Second next star. one, Deshaun Watson's first win, twenty seventeen versus Cincinnati, the Thursday night game, Ooh. or the tuxedo. I will never forget that game. I was so nervous. I don't think I've ever been so nervous for a player in my life, yeah. like I was for Deshaun Watson, because of all the melding storylines. Short week, right? Uh, no tight start? ends. Yeah. Uh, your O-line is totally – it's totally rearranged. You've got no Dwayne Brown. You're still trying to figure things out. Uh, and the week before, Tom Savage was just drilled uh, yeah. in that first week against Jacksonville. So then you think, here comes Deshaun Watson, who's a rookie, mm-hmm. who doesn't have time to read the defense. Like, And he got nailed – he got nailed once totally, and I, and I just Geno jumped Atkins. out of my – Geno Atkins. Just – Follows <laughs> it up with, with the play of the game. Two plays later. Yeah. Two plays later. Two plays later, yeah. the, the play of the game. That's a good one. That, wow, that's a great that one. That was okay. – I think that was one of my fa- – I, I think that's all a, the wins – all the times I've been to Cincinnati, I've had a great time. Yeah, so that's true. Hopefully we keep it that way. All right, third win. Oh, third win on that third note. Third star. Uh, any win that the Texans have had against Cincinnati to yeah, clinch the playoffs. Uh, 2016, <laughs> Christmas Day. Take your pick. Uh, yeah. 2011. In Cincinnati with T.J. Yates and his family way up in uh, the nosebleeds watching. Yeah. Uh, I think all of those, any of those. I would think Fun. for the the um, the people that have been around since 2002, they might say the, the Cowboys game, but I, I had those. I had those. The only other one that I had on here that you didn't mention, I put the 2016 yeah, the mm-hmm. win over Indy at home where he came back in the last couple minutes and then won that thing in overtime. Lamar Miller had a touchdown where yes. he zigzagged through everybody, and then where CJ the perc- caught the touchdown. The percentage, um, the next day, I remember seeing this infographic. Oh, of yeah. The percentage of the, no the Texans had to win was like point zero yeah, was point ridiculous. something, and they ridiculous. came back and won. All right, last one. Oh. We got about a minute, so we're going to blaze through these because we don't want to spend too much time on okay, we'll gut, go punch, gut punch losses. <laughs> but I categorize this as the most gut punchiest of gut punch losses. Your three stars go. All right, number one's got to be KC playoff game in 2015. Oh God, that's so bad. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, one. that was awful. We, oh. we won't spend any time on that. Oh. Uh, KC also week five game in 2017. Yeah. Uh, or first <laughs> drive of the game, and then it was all downhill after oh, that. Oh man, I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Atlanta, Miami, either one from 2015. <sighs> Horrible. Hor- it took us a while to recover from either of those, and they happened within a month of each other. And then. And then I, I'm going to put New England 2017 because I, we were up the entire game, and I just felt like had the had the Texans just pulled it out, mm-hmm. how that could have changed the season. Here's here are the ones that I came up with. Um, I have that one, the 2017 Patriots game. I also have 2017 losing to Sean Watson. <laughs> I have yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 2010 Jaguars, the the Hill Mary that the Hill Mike Mary Thomas that caught. wasn't supposed to be caught, right? Uh, Rosencopter game. And here's one. <laughs> Mark would say Rosencopter. Everybody in this building has got a story that's been here, and this was your first year in 2013. The Colts Sunday night game, where Gary Kubiak oh. has a stroke on the sideline. They've got the lead going in halftime. They blow the lead coming out of halftime. It's, Case Keenum had the three touchdowns. Oh my god! It was just. It was. It was, it was just brutal. It was brutal. just that whole season was brutal though, yeah. Johnny. I can't. I don't think I could rank how brutal that season was. That goes. You could, it, we could have just said 2013. <laughs> well, any of 2013. DB, appreciate. It. Thank you very much. Thanks, Johnny. Coming up next, Drew Doherty joins me. Talk about games.
I'll explain next right here in Texas All Access. Welcome back to Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris here, my man Drew Doherty there. Uh, it's we're in the the sweet spot of summer. I wrote about that as well uh, earlier this week because yep. I saw one of those Athlon Sports magazines. Oh yeah, in a Walgreens down in Laporte, and I looked up and I uh, I saw Deshaun Watson on the cover, and, and it just made me smile. Made you feel good, huh? Made me feel really good. You yeah. know, it's like seeing Dave Campbell's football mm-hmm. this time of year and and all the other stuff. But he was on the cover. I wrote a little bit about it because uh, that means football will be here soon. And it if will. you didn't hear me, that was me snapping my fingers. We do it like this. I can't. I don't know. You know another thing that happens in the summertime? And something that I've been uh, seeing firsthand with my five-year-old twins mm-hmm. and my three-year-old son. Yeah. Not so much my six-week-old baby girl. But uh, games. Yeah. They're starting to get into games. And it's when fun. I say games. It is. It's fun. They have discovered hide-and-go-seek. And they might be the worst hide-and-go-seekers <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> they get you to play? I, I, haven't, oh, I haven't had to man. play with them yet. Uh, or gotten to play with them yet. And then they also they play Battle, the card game, and they're good at that. They're I, I'm impressed with that. That's pretty fun to see. That's pretty that's pretty awesome. My kids got into hide and hide and seek early. Mm-hmm. Um when well, actually they they were older than yours. They were probably, you know, six, seven. I don't know, probably a little bit earlier than that. And I would find the craziest places to hide <laughs> and there there were times where I would be there for twenty minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, Y'all gotta find me, man. Like I'd be up in an attic in North Carolina where we were living at the time. I'd be like, I'm sweating bullets, like I'm making noises, like yeah. having them try and find me. Because whenever I would pop out, they did not they did not like that. They didn't all. like that. See, minor um the reason I said mine are not very good because they'll find their hiding sp- hiding spot. And then just start laughing uncontrollably, very loudly. So there's, it's like, yeah. just yeah. renders it moot. It's like they can't see the other yeah. person, so they think they're hidden. But yeah, well, it, it's interesting you bring up games because I saw this earlier, Drew, about about one of the the favorite video games of of many many people, mm-hmm. and that's Madden. Yeah, which is by the speaking of podcast, the. The people that do 30 for 30 kind of branched off and did 30 for 30 podcasts, and you're mm-hmm. like, well, wait a second. How, how would they do a podcast? Well, I'm sure you can do anything with a podcast. Well, the thing about it is they, it, a lot of times I will listen to 30 for 30s in my, in my car, like driving places. The or videos bump. or yeah. the actual podcast? I'll just have, yeah. the, have the video playing, but obviously I can't watch because I'm driving, and I'll just listen. Hmm. And so I thought it was a brilliant idea. Well, they did one on the game on the Madden. Mm-hmm. On the Madden game, mm-hmm. and talking about John Madden's involvement, and he was interviewed for the podcast. And I need it was, to, yeah, I need to listen. To that. It was fascinating. It was really interesting. And one of the things that that you know, when you watch a game now, you when you're watching a full game, if you're not, if you're at the game, obviously you're watching it there. But a lot of people, even if they're at the game, they'll go back and watch the game, and you'll hear the, the sounds that you can hear now are in large part a result of Madden. the The guys. That took the guys that took over at Fox when they took over from CBS because the NFC used to be with CBS. Right. So when they took over at Fox, the lead football guru at Fox listened to the Madden game, and the one thing that he that stood out was the sounds you could hear. Mm-hmm. So he started putting mics down on the field, and that really now because of all the mics that are all over the place, that was in large part because of Madden because Madden put that in their game. The quarterbacks hut hut hut. You could hear him talking, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so Madden was a was a direct result of that. Well, this is a pretty special day because the Madden 2019 ratings are out. 
Are they ready? Fi- I thought I saw something about this like some two weeks them, ago. Okay. Yes, yeah, some of them were out. Some of them have been changed, our, I think. Our buddy Sean Pendergast wrote about it. He did. And there's cl- clearly some guys who weren't watching football doling out ratings. Well, that's that's one that we'll get to here in a second. Has, have they been rectified or they is have it still? Been, they have been rectified a little okay. bit. In fact, the one we're talking about is Deshaun Watson. Now, I still don't think. Yeah, 82 is too I low. still don't think that 82 is high enough. That's way too low. But he was at a 78 couple of weeks ago, and he has been bumped up to uh, an 82 uh, at this point. But the tops on the list, J.J. Hmm. Watt, a 98. He is not in the 99 club. There are seven players, I believe, in the 99 club. And, and 99, J.J. Yeah. Watt, has, not, has been part of that club. He is not at this point. They have given him an overall 98. Second on the list is DeAndre Hopkins with a 94. Four. That seems low to me. I don't, I don't play. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I think that's, I think I think that's that low. Seems low. This number, now they've got different rankings. Awareness, speed, I, acceleration, mm-hmm. agility, and SDR's strength. He's damn strong enough to me. I don't think he's 66. He's a 66 in strength, he, which is wild. Tyra Matthew at 93, to Devion Clowney at 91. That's another one that's changed Kinda because that, that was much lower. Mm-hmm. That was much lower, those ratings that we saw. So, he is given a he is a ninety one, so those are your top four. And a fifth player, unfortunately, is one that I don't believe that we're going to see in twenty eighteen, and that's Andre Howe. He had an eighty seven. JJ with eighty five, Mar Miller eighty five, and then Deshaun Watson with an eighty two. I do think that Whitney Merciless at an eighty one is a joke. Yeah. That's uh that's ridiculous. But he's at an eighty one. Others, Zach Cunningham seventy nine, Bernard McKinney is seventy eight, so Zach Cunningham a step ahead in the Madden ratings. Now, the cool thing about it now mm-hmm. is that these ratings can change yeah. as the season goes on, which is good because Deshaun will go from 82 all the way to, uh, I don't know, a 97 at some point. Not which bad. Would be, which would be kind of nice. Now, that got me thinking when these ratings came out and and you talking about games, let's do, let's do a top ten ranking of the best games. Okay. Now, games can be you know, hide-and-seek. You play with your kids. Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of games that you played all the way up through you being uh, you know, a young adult, maybe before you got married or before you had kids maybe. So anything kind of from childhood going forward, things that you did, your top ten games, it can be anything. It's, uh, I'm not going to go in order of how it's much I loved them because here. I was – if, if, you're, if you're putting in – I'm going to go like more chronologically roughly. Yeah, I'll start out with uh, – Man, I loved nothing more growing up until about sixth, seventh grade than not necessarily wiffle ball, but just backyard baseball with like a tennis ball or a plastic ball and a plastic bat. Um, the uh, first base was one of the patio chairs. Second yes. base was a pine tree. Of course. Third base was <laughs> uh, part of the fence. And right in front of the birdbath was home. And if you hit a home run to dead center field, it would go over the Autry's fence yes. on top of their garage roof. Yes. If you hit to the left, you're going into the Adams yard. And if you hit it on the right, you're going up on our house. And then you've got all sorts of caroms and stuff coming down. Yeah. So it was good times. But I love – you made it really interesting when you got a wiffle bat, so like the real thin bat. Thin bat. And then a wiffle golf ball, so oh, a real God. small. That's so that, hard. Yeah, that was that good was stuff. Hard. But you, if you got a hold of it, man, you were launching it. Hold on to those thoughts because mm-hmm. I'm gonna second those thoughts here in a little bit. Yeah, Go. but I love that. That yeah. was my that's my first love. I think. All as, right, as keep a going. youngster. Keep going with yours. I also. So I rank mine one through ten. 
I also liked hide and seek. We lived on a street Always that a good one. backed up to our street was not a cul-de-sac, but we lived on a street that backed up to a cul-de-sac, and we yep. play in the cul-de-sac with all the other kids. Hide and seek was awesome. Always a good one. That was a good one. Um, also liked Connect Four. That's an okay. inside game. You know, if it's rainy. Yeah, of course. Um, and then at school, they stopped selling pencils at the little uh, pencil little store? school supply store yeah. in our school at Pine Shadows Elementary. Yeah, because we were playing too much Pencil Break. Oh, Pencil Breaks! Pencil awesome. Break was a good school pencil bus. Pencil Breaks, fantastic! Yeah, that was a good time. We liked oh, that. Oh uh, man, that's a great one. That made it. And then, okay, we got to. Got to kind of segue into video games and okay. slash computer okay. games. All right. Got a computer in 1987, first family home computer. Didn't get a Nintendo till I think sixth grade, like 1989-ish. Yep. yep. But computer, two computer games above all else that I loved: Doctor J versus Larry Bird. Oh. It was space bar could make you spin or shoot. Yep. And then you just use the cursor. And you played on a little green screen. Uh huh. And it was on a ha- it was a half court. It was yeah. a half court game. That yeah. was I love that game. Yeah. That, I love I, that, that was game. one of the first that was one of the first games I had for the Apple II E. Okay, see I was we were at We had an Apple II E. We had like a tandy. And that was, yeah, that was when they first came out with <laughs> with games for the computer and you had that green screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all and it was like it was See mine was I think orange, orange and black. Yeah. It, but same same thing. But same concept. Yeah, yeah. ours was just green instead of orange. And oh, it was fantastic. It, yeah, this is a great one. And then another one, another favorite of mine, and I recently had it up as the background video playing on a Dear Drew. And I think you would have eaten this thing alive. If, and you would have loved it. And I'm stunned cuz you and I've talked about this. You didn't know about it. NFL Challenge, made by XOR, came out in 1985. But basically, you were the coach, and you could call a play, and you had about 100 plays to choose from, short yardage, intermediate, deep, goal line, all sorts of stuff. And then it was literally X's and O's, and you'd call this play, but you could choose an, an NFL team. But it, it, had, it was like you basically had the 85 Bears. Uh-huh. And you can go against like the 85 Rams. It was only from yeah, that yeah. year. But I love that game. I played that thing all the time. And um, so then after that, 89, we get the, the Nintendo. The two that stood out above, or the three that stood out above all else, Tecmo Bowl, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, and this game called Baseball Stars. You ever play that oh, one? No. You know what? That was I, the first game you could actually keep a team, and it would remember your team, and you could build it up and make it better throughout the year and then play a season. In my honorable mention, I had RBI Baseball. See, I didn't, ha- I didn't have a Nintendo. Yeah, because you're like in high school. In that I was, school. yeah, I was like in high school. But my my buddy had a my buddy had a Nintendo, and we we played various games over there. But we but we were not stay inside and play video game guys. Yeah. That was that was not us. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, a lot of the Nintendo games didn't take, except for a few of the sports ones. Yeah, and RBI Baseball was one of them. You had the little fat squatty players with mm-hmm. the bat. I mean, we we played that all the time. And I remember we went on a Babe Ruth baseball tournament we had won the the texas we had won the state the texas title we then went to arkansas for a southwest regional and instead of staying in hotels they put us with foster families and the first foster family we stayed with had a nintendo and they had one game that rbi baseball and we played it all the time yeah I mean, it was awesome we played it every day all day every day if you like that it was fantastic you would have loved baseball stars if you I liked rbi baseball. baseball stars it was it was not oh. a, it was not as um it was just not as well known. It came after that, yeah. But you literally could create your own team, and then you could build them up, and you could 
you could uh, like increase their strength on yeah. the bases or strength, yeah. increase their batting or their pitching. It was so much fun. And then the maneuverability was really good too. Yeah. Like as far as it was, it was life more lifelike than the other ones. So yeah. All right. And Tech Mobile. Well, see, that's the other one. It's I'll beat any one of you who has anyone. Uh, you give me the those bears. We didn't play that I can much. Beat you. We didn't play that much Tech Mobile because we we weren't playing much Nintendo. Tech Mobile was kind of we were kind of at the back in, back into that one. Yeah, and it was fun. I used to watch my friends play it, but I didn't really kind of get into it until my son was born, and then I, I didn't really play it much, but. If I remember correctly, when he was young, you could get this device that you could plug into your computer. Yeah, it was like an old, old school game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could play Tecmo Bowl. And so I would show him Tecmo and he just had no interest in it. My son has no sports interest at all, which is totally fine, but he just yeah. has no sports interest. But, you know, he will he will play, you know, whatever computer game there is, but he just knows no sports. Like, yeah. sports has nothing at all whatsoever uh, he wants to do with. All right. And I never got deep on – I never never beat Mike Tyson. So. Yeah. I like watching it, but I, I was not I was not very good at it. All right. Did pretty well. Thanks. Now, I went in order of mine, and I know I'm going to leave something out. And, in fact, I feel bad for putting us at number 10. In fact, I didn't think about this. But this was one that we played forever. And if my buddies are, are listening to this, they'll know that, that me putting this at 10 is probably a bad thing. i got to have an honorable mention before he says. Of course. Wall ball. Oh, wall ball is fantastic. I was pretty darn good at wall ball, so go ahead. Micro League Baseball. Now, I'm 46 years old, and I know there are a lot of you that, if you're of my demographic, I I know there are at least two people listening right now going, oh, man, Micro League was the best. There, there's no doubt Micro League Baseball was the best. Now, if you want to hear the rest of my top games, well, you have to go to the In the Lab podcast. We're out of time this segment, so I figured I'd, I'd give you a little bit of what I had to say, but I think you'll love it. If you go to In the Lab and then you can hit us up at Jay Harris Football, at Doherty Drew on Twitter. Hit us up. What did we miss? What did you guys come up with? We talked about this. I used to uh, go on my buddy's radio show. You know him, Lance Airline. He's one of the guys I'm talking about. And when Lance was over at Sports Radio 610, and one day we just got on this topic many, many, many years ago. We talked about a lot of the games that, that I'll bring up on the In the Lab podcast. You'll definitely want to hear it. But we got responses from people that talked about playing bicycle, what would they call it? Um, they played bicycle football where they would try and hit each other with bikes. It's like, oh, my gosh. Or they take – I don't know how they would do it, but it was – we were dumbfounded when we heard some of the things that people ended up doing when they were growing up. We just played a lot of sports games. We weren't looking to be violent with one another for the most part. So we were kind of up with some sort of basketball, football, golf – baseball, some sort of game that involved those. Some of the games we heard from people, oh, my goodness. So that's that was fun. There's no doubt about it. But if you want to hear the rest of what I had to say on my top games, including one of my favorite card games, that you need three other people to play, but it's not hearts. But I'll just leave it at that. You can go listen to In the Lab, In the Lab podcast. Go check that out. All right. I mentioned earlier in the show, Texas 90-man roster – for the Greenbrier, pretty much set. Could that change tomorrow? I'll talk about that next right here on Texas All Access.
What's up, everybody? A final segment right here on Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. Two weeks away, I know I am, two weeks away from leaving for the Greenbrier. The team <clears throat> will leave the very next day on Wednesday, and then we'll be there for a couple of weeks. Fly to Kansas City, take on the Chiefs in the first preseason game. It's coming oh so close. We're less than a month away. Less than a month away from the first preseason game at Kansas City on that Thursday night. Looking forward to just getting to that point. Once you get in the preseason games, then things, I don't know if they fly by, but they ultimately go pretty quickly. Because you'll play that game on the ninth, and then you've got the two weekend games and that Thursday night game against the Cowboys, and then it's it's here. The season is around the corner. Here's the way that I I, I tell time, so to speak. When do NFL teams start getting to camp? Now, obviously, the Texans on the 25th. Now, the rookies and the vets report at the same time. There are certain places where the rookies and the vets report at different times, and the teams can report two weeks before their first preseason game. Now, the first preseason game, Ravens and Bears in the Hall of Fame game. So the Ravens can report on the 18th, I think. The rookies are reporting on the 11th tomorrow. Yes, the rookies are reporting for the Ravens tomorrow. That's crazy to think about. So getting that Hall of Fame game, yes, it's a fifth preseason game, another opportunity to evaluate those players, but they also are able to get those players in-house for a little bit longer time. So I'm sure there are some rules that, that go with that, how many off days they've got to have, all that kind of stuff. But the one that I've, I've never really gotten, and I've got to ask the powers that be, why in certain places can rookies show up earlier than the vets as opposed to, like, here, rookies and vets show up at the same time. They all check in on the 25th, and then everybody goes to the green bar. So I'm sure there's a rule there. But either way, the Baltimore Ravens go to camp tomorrow. Then you got SEC media days coming up. I know that's college, but that's also how I kind of mark time. SEC media days happening very soon, and that's – that's when it's like, okay, now now we're ready to roll. Now this thing is up and going, and everybody's excited, and it's it's time to rock. So uh, that's that's when it starts to really happen, and we're, we're right in the thick of that. Now, it had been a quiet offseason until today when some Instagram pictures and text came forth as it pertained to Bill's All-Pro running back, LaShawn McCoy. Now, if you haven't been following it on Instagram or on Twitter or your social media, vice of choice, LaShawn is accused of a number of different things through Instagram by a friend of the woman that he is either dating or engaged to. It is a messy story. It is sort of, it's what is accused, what LaShawn McCoy is accused of is on the same path as Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Michael Vick, etc. There's so many different things that I don't really want to get into it at that point. But just know this. LaShawn McCoy will let it play out because the Reuben Foster situation looked dicey for the 49ers and for Reuben Foster. And then when the case came up, the, the accuser said, yeah, I made everything up. I was mad he was leaving me. I made everything up. So... Uh, we'll we'll pump the brakes a little bit, but I would imagine in the next couple of days more news will come out. So uh, until then, yeah, we'll we'll, he- we'll hesitate to comment. I will hesitate to comment on it in full. But I will say this: if LaShawn McCoy does not play for the Bills this year, 
they'll be lucky to score a couple touchdowns a game. They've got no offense, and it could be turned over to Josh Allen at some point, and it could be ugly. Although Sean McCoy, ooh, that's on the field. Off the field, that's, that is a much bigger matzo ball for somebody else to have to chew on and swallow, and I'm, I'm not really willing or wanting to do that. Now, as I tease going into this segment, tomorrow is a, it's a pretty interesting day. It is the 2018 NFL Draft Supplemental Draft. Now, what that means is this. Everybody knows about the draft that happens in April or May. If you've followed Texas, you follow the NFL, we all know about the draft. It's become, I would imagine, the second biggest event. It's the biggest non-playing event of the year, but it's almost become Super Bowl number one, draft number two. The supplemental draft is one that flies well under the radar. And how, and, and for good reason, the last player that's been selected in the supplemental draft was Isaiah Battle in the 2015 draft by the the former St. Louis Rams, now L.A. Rams. The supplemental draft is there for players that were projected to go back to their schools, but something has happened. They got kicked off the team. They've had eligibility problems. Something has gone awry and now they have no option other than to apply to the NFL and say, look, I was going to go back to my school, but they're not allowing me to, hey, can I, can, I be, uh, can I be placed in the supplemental draft? Now, typically, that is not a big number of players. It's not a large number of players. And even if it is, even being a small number, very rarely, you might have 8 to 10 sometimes. You might have five to seven. It, it all depends. But very rarely do you have a big name. Now, Chris Carter, Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter, was a guy that came out of the supplemental draft. Brian Bosworth. Now, he kind of gained the system to get into the supplemental draft, but he was a supplemental draft pick, as was Bernie Kosar. Now, they were all under rules back in the 80s that were a little bit different. And there weren't a lot of underclassmen that were declaring at that point. The NFL now, the NFL draft now, you have a – you have hundreds of players, I think well over 100 players, that declared early for the NFL draft. Well, three players in particular had decided they were going back to school. Cornerback Sam Beal from Western Michigan, cornerback Adonis Alexander, Virginia Tech, and safety Brandon Bryant of Mississippi State. Now, all three have had, have had well, I should say, uh, Adonis Alexander and Sam Beal had academic situations. And they were going to be ineligible for the 2018 season. And so at that point, they applied to the NFL. NFL said, yep, you come into the supplemental draft. Now, Alexander's had a couple of other off-the-field issues. He had a marijuana-related incident as a freshman. He was suspended in the early part of 2018 as well. But academics are really what what got him, kind of nabbed him, if you will. And for that reason, he was not allowed to come back for the 2018 season. He was going to be ineligible for the 2018 season. Those two corners, and therein lies the rub, those two corners. If there's a position even after OTAs where I would say the Texans could still use not only players but depth, it would be at an outside corner position. Especially if Aaron Colvin plays more inside than outside. Let's say Colvin does play more inside. Well, then you're looking at Kevin Johnson, Jonathan Joseph. And then after that, 
you look at guys like D. Virgin, Josh Thornton, you know, guys that spent time on the practice squad last year. Kareem Jackson moving to safety. I think Kareem's days outside are are over. I think Kareem stays at safety or he drops down into the box, plays a slot. That's it. I don't think Kareem goes back outside. So now you're talking about two guys in Beal and Alexander. Beal, 6'1", about 185, looks kind of thin on tape. And I, I started watching for 2019 back during 2018 NFL draft. I do that each year. There's some players that I try and get ahead on a little bit, and Sam was one of them. Corner from out of Western Michigan. Now, Western Michigan had a couple of corners, one that was just recently drafted. He's a little bit smaller. So when I flipped on the tape and I was like, whoa, who's that guy? Who's the other guy? Sam Beal. Ran very well at his pro day at 447. Really good athlete. 37-inch vertical. 10-6 broad jump. I think he's got an opportunity to be drafted in either second or third round supplemental draft. Now, how does it work in the supplemental draft? And this is where the Texans end up. You kind of you kind of take two, two things and put them together and you go, well, maybe. The Texans have two second-round picks and these guys are corners and Brandon Bryant's a safety who's a really good athlete. We talked about the secondary. Could the secondary use a boost? Well, this might be one way where the secondary gets a boost. Now, the way the supplemental draft works is you put in a claim and say, for Adonis Alexander, we're going to put in a fifth-round supplemental draft claim. And so what happens is everybody submits them, and then the NFL looks at it and goes, all right, we had no first-round claims. We had no second round. It's almost like, it's almost like waivers. But then you get to the third round, and it goes by the draft order. So if there's anything that's going to help the Texans out, it's that they have the fourth pick in the draft. They had the fourth pick, obviously, because of being 4-12. and 12. So they're going to be ahead of some teams that might have some interest in a guy like Sam Beal or a guy like Adonis Alexander. They will then have to give up the 2019 equivalent of that draft pick. So let's say everybody passes the first round on these guys. But in the second round, there's some teams that have some interest in them. The Texans are like, boy, we, we probably should put in a second-round claim for him because there'll be some others after us that might might have some interest. So if the Texans do that, and they essentially draft him in the second round, they'll have to give up one of those 2019 second-round, their, their 2019 second-round pick. But they would get Sam Beal for the 2018 season. So it's sort of like putting a player on a payment plan in some sense. Like, we're going to get that guy, but you don't really pay the, the price, if you will. The cost really doesn't hit you to the following year. So with two second-round picks, a guy like Sam Beal, the thought is he would have been, and after watching him, I thought he was probably a second- or third-round pick going into the 2019 NFL draft. He could have raised his stock a little bit, maybe been a true second-rounder. But with two second-rounders, is there an opportunity there? Would you want? Now, I've said all along, I want to maintain those those two second-round picks until I get an offer that I just can't refuse. And these guys have all had pro days. I mean, essentially all like they would be NFL draft picks. So Beal, Alexander, and Brandon Bryant, those are the three names that that most people are going to be familiar with. There are five players in the supplemental draft, but those are the three that most people keep an eye on. I think Beal is the one that a lot of people will have some interest in. So we'll see if the Texans do anything with Sam Beal or Adonis Alexander. Like I said, those guys have had some off-the-field issues. Beal's been in the classroom. Alexander's been in the classroom and others. Brandon Bryan is a guy that whale of a talented guy, just incredibly talented guy, but has has had some issues both on the field and off the field. So these guys all have something there. But is there is there enough there that you'd want to take a chance 
and draft a guy in the supplemental draft having to give up a pick in the 2019 NFL draft. We'll find that out tomorrow at around noon local time what the Texans decide to do if they decide to do anything in the supplemental draft with those three defensive backs. Thanks to Drew. Thanks to DP. Thanks to you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans.